Welcome to Shovel, Jared. Can you hear me? No, can you say that again? Jared! Why is something wrong with my voice? I can't wait to show that. What was that? Um, <laughs> it would appear that in the month of our absence, someone has ripped Dominic's tongue out of his mouth. Jared, Jared, can you hear me? Oh, wait. Is this the, the job for a cowboy song? Knee deep, blood deep, Jared. I really love this song, Jared. I wonder how I was going to see how long he could actually just Well, now that everyone shovel, shovel my blood. That's the new intro music right there. It's the new intro music. Shovel, shovel, shovel my organs in your blood. Your organs in my blood? Yeah, that seems like a Sounds like a delicious soup if you ask me. Shovel my brain. It's Satan. <laughs> am, I, am I a black metal head now? Yeah. Am I a death metal? You're, you're a death metalman now. <laughs> Somehow I feel like it's good for my throat to do that. Yeah. It's soothing. It, yeah. It's like an exercise for the vocal cords. It just gets rid of all those bad vocal ranges that I don't <laughs> want. You know what I mean? Just cuts them. The only one you need is this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So speaking of job for a cowboy, yes. the the only title yeah. I could really come up for this, come up with for this episode, <laughs> job is, for a caddisfly. That's yeah, job for a caddisfly. <laughs> really? That's it. You got it. <laughs> you nailed it. Yes. We're just gonna name it your misfit. Your misfit. <laughs> Bright misfits. <laughs> bright bright misfits knee deep in caddisflies. Say eyes. <laughs> All right. Uh, hello and welcome to Shuffle, episode twenty-four. Please make sure to listen to the five songs that we will be, we will be discussing in this week's episode. Links to Spotify and YouTube playlists can be found in this episode's description. Hmm. And I'd like to state that it has been eleven episodes since our last ICP incident. Nice. I don't or know if ICP, that's a good or bad thing. We anymore. hardly knew ye. Yeah. Damn. And they're doing some big shit too, aren't yeah. they? Come on. Uh, in a year from now. A year from now. Yeah, they're not marching on Washington until like the end of 2017. Wow. Yeah, it's like September of 2017, I it's think. It's not that hard to organize a march. Come on. Well, everyone's got to take their It takes schedule. their fans a while to get up and move in. Yeah. <laughs> All that Fago, man, that really, really drags you down. I found out my friend Chance, who you've met, one of his old co-workers is a juggalo. Really? Could we interview him? I was, I was kind of like thinking Damn. like, Chance, could you like hook us up? Yeah. Or... Like not just like a fan, but like self-identifies. He is as... a juggalo. Dude, I actually I believe be... he has a hatchet man tattoo. Wow. And definitely wears a hatchet man like necklace at all times. And... We should. It would be good. Like cultural. I'd... Yeah. Multicultural. Get a little multicultural. <laughs> yeah. We're going to appropriate. First, we're going to learn. culture. Yeah, we're going to appropriate juggalo culture. Wow. Wait, first, we're going to learn what? First, we're going to learn about it. Oh, and okay. we appropriate. And then we're going to appropriate you know I mean? it. We're not, and we're then not we're going to make of... all the money. Exactly. Exactly. All that juggalo money. That sweet, sweet <laughs> Fago money. <laughs> it's sticky. 
Uh, but there's a lot of it because it's covered oh, yeah. in fago. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about our first song, which is called "Snowflakes." In parentheses, December. Oh, what? There's a second part to this. There's so all of the songs on this album have a in parentheses a a, uh, mm. in Spanish. Oh. This is December. So this is Snowflakes Decembre, Decembre, December by Caddisfly. Caddisfly. What the hell is a caddisfly? Uh, you'll find out. Just Come on, I'm jumping the gun horses. here. I'm so excited. I can't <laughs> wait to find out. This is off their 2007 album, Set Sail the Prairie. Set Sail the Prairie. Quite. <laughs> I feel like you have to have like a, a pipe in yeah, pipe. Set Sail the Prairie. It's a very nice album cover. Doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a very nice album cover. Not, I don't mean this in a bad way. It's not what you would expect. You could like the art on this album. You could like see like in a dentist office. Yes, yeah, it's very relaxing. It's supposed like to that. soothe you and relax you into the pain you're about to feel. Yeah, that's a bit. Or, or like it reminds. It's like a you would see in like an elementary school library. Mm-hmm. Same, same. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, very kind of like early nineties. Yeah. yeah, like. Muzak. Yeah. So it's a bit jarring. I wouldn't expect. <laughs> yeah. I expect it to be like classical, new agey music, which yeah, it was, based right? Off, it yeah. was, right? That's okay. exactly. Actually, all five of these songs. <laughs> yeah, it was just like Enya slowed down. Yeah, nothing but Enya. Actually, I, I did get a little bit Enya Enya vibe from the Snowflakes. I think <laughs> if I ever write. Uh, autobiography, it'll be just called Nothing But Enya, the Jared story. <laughs> yes, the Jared story. <laughs> So, Caddisfly is an American experimental alternative rock band based in Portland, Oregon. Of course. <laughs> Hipsters. God. Uh, so, to answer your question, the band's name... Is what? Some crazy uh, Portland thing. Yeah, tell me all about <laughs> it. Tell me all I about should, it right I now. should know. Pontificate I have, about it. I have it. no idea. They let them pontificate to me. Uh the band's name is taken from a small moth-like insect known as a caddisfly, which is spelt with a C instead of a K. So they're edgy and spelt it with Whoa. a K. Whoa. Caddisfly, who are known for having two pairs of hairy membranous wings, mm. and they're closely related to moths and butterflies, but they're not. They're called caddisflies. The most underrated. <laughs> they're the underground moths. <laughs> You've probably never heard of them. The name, it's really obscure. The name is obscure. I gotta be honest. I, I kind of wish they picked a different name. I know it's a very petty. <laughs> like thing. moth. Yeah, just or pick butterfly. The, the moths. The butterfly boys. <laughs> the BB boys. <laughs> the BB. The BB boys. No, okay. So they were active from 2001 to 2008. Oh damn! And on the fateful now day defunct. of Thursday, December 18th. <laughs> The band took to their MySpace account oh, shit. to announce that bassist Kyle Brewer decided to leave the band and that they were going on a small hiatus themselves. Oof. And to never be heard from again? Well, during this time, the entire band, minus the departed bassist, started a new band called Water and Bodies. Water and Bodies, okay. I've never heard them. Yeah. I've I can only assume... They sound similar, but yeah. I don't know. Because if it's the exact same band same minus, minus one minus, person. Yeah. But then in the summer of 2010, uh, Kelsey Cuther decided to leave Water and Bodies, only to be replaced with the bassist who left Caddisfly, Kyle Brewer. Mm. 
So he rejoined Water and Bodies. Nice. And then on March 5th of 2014, Caddisfly announced that they would be performing again since their hiatus. And they uh, actually also, they're officially back together as of now and have since put out a new album. Nice. So they're, nice. they're, they're a band again. Nice. And also their record label has erased pretty much their entire presence off of YouTube. So to the listeners out there, I was able to find a live performance of this song, Snowflakes, on YouTube. But if you'd like to hear a studio recording of the this song, check out the Spotify playlist or if you're like an Apple Music subscriber. It's the only way to hear or if you want to buy the album, you can. Yeah. But... Yeah, you can't find... I even tried uploading my own copy of it onto YouTube, and the second I hit upload, it got flagged and removed. <laughs> so. Who's the record, man? I, I don't... It's I've never the even man. heard the record label. The man so. keeping us down. Yeah, it's the man's fault. Damn. So this album, Set Sail the Prairie, is Catisfly's third full-length album, and it was their final album before their hiatus in 2008. It ranked 34 on the Billboard 200 Top Heat Seekers chart, and the album has 14 tracks. Each song represents a month of the year and a specific location in the Northern Hemisphere. And then there's two extra tracks for the summer and winter solstice. So this track, obviously, is the December track, Snowflakes. Yeah. Uh, The song speaks of flaws of the human experience, how humans seek riches, there's flaws of the mind and heart and a free will. I don't know. What did you think of this track? I thought this was a good song. I don't know if it was great. It certainly wasn't bad, but it was good. And possibly I could like it a lot if I kept listening to it. It was like like um, if there's alt rock. This was heavier. It had leaning toward heavy metal that made it heavier than like the incubus style alt yeah. rock but sometimes it sounds like incubus it did kind of i like incubus, incubus too but incubus is kind of a dead end musically i think i like them it's one of my favorite dead ends but it's a bit of a dead end but then the way they escape that sometimes was it would sound very prog like right That's exactly would you say that too? I, okay i said the exact okay same so thing. i wasn't losing okay i wasn't sure what you would have thought it's all kind right. of like this weird okay so first of all no matter how many times i listen to this track I can't help but feel that there's this disconnect between the overall sound of the song. Like, yeah. the new metal guitar doesn't fit with the prog vibe of the rest of right. the song. Right, right. Like, I can respect them trying to, like, do this heavier sound, but yep. there's just some... The juxtaposition of the two just don't... Cohere. Yeah. It doesn't cohere. It yeah. feels like two different things. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like, it starts off with this heavy guitar riff it's heavy. almost like a punch to the face because yeah. it's just instantly like boom and like a low the bass is like guttural yeah. like the, however they got the bass in that first 30 seconds was like heavy it was like, so boom. heavy but then all of a sudden it transitions to chimes there's yeah. chimes the wind like, chimes Whoa. I'm like That's this, very is, prog. this is some That's, fucking yeah. dream theater shit yes, right exactly. here like That's those chimes come in yep. and then even his voice in the voice very prog yeah the voice too which is kind of the make or break and you know like the lyrical content i feel is also very proggy a bit a bit pretentious speaking of like the human experience and the flaw of humankind yeah it's very proggy the lyrics 
and then I, at the same time, see, but it's a weird, it's a weird mix because at the same time, one thing about heavy metal I find a little annoying, which is probably just shows how stupid I am about heavy metal, is that I can never hear the voice, and I don't mean that as like, why can't I hear the voice? I mean just like, yeah, it's sometimes like you can like Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, in some ways, you know, they were innovators of heavy metal. And sometimes they were especially dark because you could hear the voice. You could always hear. The you could voice. always hear the vo- in a great voice too. You know, so I while I I understand. Sharon. Yeah. Sharon. <laughs> oh man, that haunts me. So dark, <laughs> so heavy. But the thing is, I was like, oh, I can, this is heavy. Oh, but I can actually hear the voice. But yeah, the voice was too. It was, it was wimpy. It was too soft. It was, a it was wimpy. too proggy. Yeah, it was. A body's not a home. Free will is not an art. It's like uh, so prog rock. Oh, There's a drive. But technically, the see somehow mind. if they can take like the the clarity of voice and instrumentation from prog, because like there would be great like bass arpeggios like between the gaps that were like wow these guys are good. Take the clarity, but mix it with like the heaviness. But maybe that's impossible. It was like they were few songs seem to acknowledge what works yeah in both but they're so incompatible they're so it's so incompatible no i agree and also i'm gonna take him to task a little bit go go for it gripe corner i'm not sure they (laughs) earned the length of this track no, I agree. I definitely agree. The song could have easily ended at the five minute forty mark. Yep. There was the nice verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, yep. chorus, and it could have just ended. And then they stuck this piano interlude, which, which turned into a heavy new metal jam, and yep. then ends with a field recording of a train station. Yeah. So it's like did you really earn those extra three minutes? I wasn't sure what they were going for. Because when the piano kicks in, it almost sounds like Inya for a second. <laughs> I actually wrote Inya, but with yeah. distortion. And then, yeah, and then it's like that post. new metal. Yep, and then it's like post-rock. Yeah. Almost, it's like heavy, soft, heavy, soft. It, again, it was just confusion. The song was confusing. But I can never, I can't point to a part and be like, they're not good musicians. No. it was, good musicians. There's there nothing bad about it, but like, it was like, Oil and water. I they don't know. forced the puzzle yeah. pieces together rather than yeah. finding where the grooves align. Yeah, and then they're like, if we just make it longer and add another minute, they'll never <laughs> yeah. see what we did. Yeah, and it's like, I well, are you a Caddisfly fan in general? Like, because I'm interested in them, but at the same I time, really, I'm confused. I when this song popped up on the playlist, I was trying to remember like where this came from. Yeah, I think. My friend, an old roommate, Zach Rorda, maybe gave this to me, and I don't think I ever listened to Never it. Like, it, this yeah. is the first time I think I've ever listened to Caddisfly. See, I, I wish I could, like, poll and find out, like, is it people that typically like something like Dream Theater and Prague listen to them, and they're kind of like, ooh, a little heavy. If, <laughs> it, if it came from Zach Rorda. Or is it the other way? I will Heavier say, with well, a little I, bit of Prague. I will say, like, he comes from a very emo post hardcore po- like punk rock okay background okay but he's also really into post rock he's in, okay i could see a bit of a post rock i i don't want, i don't want to speak this. for zach yeah. but i don't know if dream theater and prog rock 
is his no, shtick. Not his shtick. And I know he listens to this so he can let us know. See, I could. That's where, again, I, there's a ton of potential for this band. Like, if, if I had to be their PR person, I would be like their part proc, part heavy metal, a little bit of new metal, a little bit of post punk. And none, none of that would exactly be a lie. The only lie would be that it sounds. <laughs> It coheres. I don't know. It just doesn't cohere. It from doesn't... The, the research I did on this track from fans of the band, I think this track in specific, I've never listened to this yeah. album from start to finish, was a bit of anomaly in that it was the hardest sounding oh, song. Oh, really? Okay. So I okay. think this might push the boundaries of how hard they normally sound. So maybe a little bit more just like post-rock, prog. Like, yeah, indie, prog. In, I, don't, I, yeah. I don't know what genre I'd really call them. But if this did come from Zach Rorda, yeah, I don't think it's like a straight up dream theater prog rock project. Yeah, yeah. The only, I mean, the only thing is, it just felt like they were. I think what we've both been saying, they just kind of go half on all the genres. Because yeah. if you're gonna, like, if you're gonna go this long, there should be more tempo chordal changes. There should be way more mixing it up. There should There's, be more interesting sonically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you're gonna go heavy. Or, or at least if you're gonna mix in heavy, you should have more like, like, like that guttural beginning. Like, have some more of that. Yeah, because the beginning sets a precedent that yeah, the rest of the song hard. doesn't follow. No, no. So like false frame. And I don't know if like this whole album is supposed to like flow together. So I don't know if like the last track ends super heavy yeah. and bleeds into it. I don't know yeah. because this song doesn't really have an intro. It just starts right at, like in the deep end it's just boom from the get-go so i don't know maybe the previous track does bleed into it yeah and i'm missing something yeah it could be but, i don't know i give it a soft uh, b minus not a hard a soft a soft b i respect the craft these guys yeah. are good but it's a b minus yeah it's a good track i think <laughs> i think they might not that i'm like a judge of anything but i think they take themselves maybe a little yeah. too seriously with the body's some of the not, lyrics, yeah, the lyrics, yeah, I didn't even are a little it. like intro to philosophy yes, for me. But yes, yes, yes. You yes. know, it's better than some of the mainstream shit. So. True. I, I guess I'd rather have like pretentious, but, deep lyrics than like nothing yeah, lyrics. But in the end, it doesn't. My kind of it, it for all the leanings being heavier than Prague, but progier than heavy. So none of it is quite alt rock. It never really breaks the sheen of like indie incubus. No, white indie incubus angst. is probably like a good way yeah. to put it. Yeah, it's like That's indie. That's probably a really good way to put it. <laughs> Which is kind of what you said too. It's kind of a little takes itself too seriously. Yeah, incubus definitely <laughs> likes the smell of their own farts. Yes, yes, yes. They like that megalomaniac <laughs> yeah. song. And yeah, and, uh, megalomaniac. You're no yeah. Jesus. Yeah, you're no fucking Elvis. <laughs> Wash like, your hands clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cat is fly. They're pretty fly. Yeah. The cat yeah. is fly. The cat, that's what it really is. The cat is fly. All right. Let's move on to our second track, unless you got anything else. No, no, no. All right. Our second track, Knee Deep. Knee Deep by Job for a Cowboy off the 2005 EP Doom. Doom. Job for a Cowboy was a deathcore band and is now a death metal band from Glendale, Arizona. At the time of the release of Doom, the band implemented a deathcore sound 
but moved on to death metal for their future or their releases after that. How would you in so a sentence? Is, yeah, yeah okay. what is the difference between death metal and deathcore, you ask? Let me take a guess. Can I guess? Yeah, go for it. Let me guess. Okay. Come on. Okay. I'm actually I'd seriously going to try refresher. to guess. If you can go back to our first episode. Yeah. The mutilated track, the lactating blood, that's death metal. Okay. Because death metal is like, there's heavy metal and there's like black metal, death metal, all these little subgenres, right? Yes. And is death core like a micro genre within death metal? Or no, no, no. Um, I would say they are cousins but they're both subgenres. is this song deathcore yes this song that we heard was deathcore yeah so I, maybe deathcore is just even you even up the just like wall of sound no nah, i don't know because death metal is pretty much wall of sound is in like you can't even conceivably isolate instruments or voice it's just Aah! yeah but is that what it is is it just even more so how okay, i mean break it down the the nuances and specifics of these metal subgenres. They probably don't like being are, called the wall. It's just of sound. it's just ob, it's just obnoxious. <laughs> like these fucking metal heads take themselves so seriously. Yeah, so really. It's all just what's... fucking metal music. Yeah. But if you really want to get into it, uh, death metal. It's known for its. It employs heavy, distorted, low-tuned guitars played with techniques such as palm muting and tremolo picking, deep growling vocals and screams, aggressive, powerful drumming featuring double kick or blast beats, minor keys, atonality, abrupt tempo changes, Mm -hmm. key changes, time signature changes, and chromatic progressions. Deathcore... Change in drum. Yeah. Definitely a change in drum. Otherwise, I didn't... I would say they're definitely related. Yeah. They're definitely related. So now deathcore combines characteristics of death metal yeah but it also mixes it with metalcore and hardcore punk it makes use of death metal riffs and blast beats okay but it also uses metalcore breakdowns and the low growls and shriek screams are specific to deathcore and what they call pig squeal vocals the okay so that's a defined feature yeah Pig Destroyer is definitely. Yeah, one. exactly. Yeah, I guess and I know So, like, metalcore, it's like metal and hardcore punk. So, it has those breakdowns that yeah. happen, like the yeah. quick, abrupt changes. So, they're very similar. And if you squint at them, they're the same goddamn genre. Yeah, right. But for the <laughs> snobs out there, they're so different. They're so different. So, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So, this is actually the only release of theirs, which really? is considered, well, really? only release considered deathcore. They, okay. They went on to put out many more albums, but they moved into a much more traditional death metal sound. Hmm. Interesting. They kind of dropped the pig squealy. Are death metal songs longer than deathcore generally, or, or who knows? I don't know if there's actually, like, First, like I am no metal connoisseur by any means. Like I, I'm a yeah. fan of metal. But as far I don't as you know, know you if don't there's know a difference. song length associated difference. with death yeah. metal music. Okay. You know whether it's long or short. I don't think that necessi- necessarily dictates whether it's yeah. death metal. Or okay. Not. So, it's all semantics. It's a metal song. So let's talk about Job for a Cowboy. I found two possible origins for the band's name. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of, 
one story claims that every member of the band's father was a farmer in Arizona when they grow up. They grew up, and the band members made money by helping their fathers slaughter cows in the summertime, <laughs> which they called a job for a cowboy. Job for a cowboy. Okay. Second story is the name was taken from a line in a high school textbook that vocalist Johnny Davy read. The line read, "Sounds like a job for a cowboy." Yeah, I can imagine. That and the band originally considered to call themselves a job for a cowboy, but then dropped the uh and just settled for a job for a cowboy. Job for cowboy. Uh, the band started when most of the band members were just 15, 16 wow. years old. And they launched their MySpace profile in 2004 and attracted the attention of a local Arizona independent label called King of the Monsters, and they released this first EP for them. Nice. Now, wow. around this time, this was around the golden era when MySpace musicians were exploding onto the scene. Like, mm-hmm. Bands like Panic at the Disco were getting record deals yeah. simply based off of MySpace recordings without ever having performed a live show. Wow. This, it was a very rare time. And so this is just my personal observation. Wow. But Job for a Cowboy kind of launched this revolution into the metal scene. Hmm. They came and they posted their songs on, and no one had ever heard anything like this before. Yeah. And it gave birth to this slew of copycat bands that try to copy their sound, their aesthetic, and even, like, their weird... I don't know if you've seen this, like, tradition of, like, metal bands whose logos you can't read because yep. it just looks like sharp gibberish. Yep. They were, like, the first band to Really? Do that. They were? Wow. So, like, they they set this precedent. Like, when I was in high school, I kind of – I'll give away my age here, but, like, I kind of was in high school during the death of the emo era. Yeah. And right when emo died, all the emo guys I knew in high school, they moved from emo to this kind of music. Hmm. Like, this is where they set their trajectory. And yeah. all of these bands came out, like Job for a Cowboy, Scooped them up. As Blood Runs Black, The yeah. Irish Front. All of these bands just popped up with, like, this intense, brutal, the most hardcore thing that you'll ever hear sound. Yeah. And that's... And it all happened in this weird little MySpace That's bubble burst thing. Yeah. <laughs> and the way that I was first introduced to Joffrey Cowboy was actually through SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> yeah. I, I sent Dominic <laughs> this yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. So around the time that the song came out, a YouTube clip was posted combining a <laughs> episode of SpongeBob with this song we're listening <laughs> to, Knee Deep. Uh, it's the episode of Spongebob's called Band Geeks. I'll post a link to this video, but it's Spongebob and all of his friends singing a song, and they sync it up to this song, Knee Deep, and it <laughs> sings pretty perfectly, yeah, actually. The way that Spongebob is who's singing, the way his lips move yeah, looks like good. he's actually singing this song. So, and it was like this internet meme that exploded, and that's how I first learned about Job for a Cowboy, and I was just blown away by it. And it's all downhill from there. So this EP, Doom, it's the first release from the band. And it was also the only album that the singer Johnny Davey employed the use of the pig squeal vocals. The only album he did? Only one he did. Hmm. So I mean, you couldn't really have a career doing that. I think you'd destroy your voice. Well, there is is a band. So there's a subgenre of metal... Right? Guar? No. Does Guar do that? Guar 
they don't really scream. They don't scream. They okay. kind of just sing roughly. Okay, okay. Now there's like a there's a whole sub genre of music which is like in the bowels of metal. I I wouldn't recommend going here. <laughs> there's two subgenres called gore grind and grind core. Grind core, yeah. Wow. And I would say like the most infamous band is a band called Anal Cunt <laughs> from the subgenre. Actually, wow. some of the metal music that my roommate Chris Brune and I recorded when we were in college was we made grindcore songs because yeah. there's no lyrics. It's just guttural sounds, just <laughs> and just the most disgusting. <laughs> and all the song titles, it's similar to Mutilated where it's just like, disgusting like lactating yeah. blood and shit it's a shock and, value yeah it's all it's just and shock value. there's no lyrics it's just like these guttural noy pig squeals and just music wow. wow and that's a whole deep end you can go yeah. down into but anyway let's talk about this track knee deep knee deep is pretty much i don't know if you looked up the lyrics to this song it, yeah, yeah, dark, it, doom and gloom, man. Father and son, well, yeah, not, just, lo- not loving like, each other. It's just like daddy issues. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems to be about someone whose drug addicted slash alcoholic father ruined his life and in turn made him become a drug addict slash alcoholic. Yeah, it's kind of the takeaway I yeah. got from it. What did you think of this track? I mean, it is, it is intense. It is very intense. There is at no point I can possibly just if I were in the studio, there's not a single I can't imagine them doing like this final whatever was the final cut. If someone were to pause it and be like, can you guys just give me a little more? (laughs) They're like, no, yeah, they'd be like, no, we We cannot. They're literally going as hard as they possibly can. Like at every moment, <laughs> you can never be like a little more, guys, a yeah. little more. It's just so. And with that, it's th- that to me that always is good and bad. It's good if you're feeling it. It's just total visceral wall of sound. Just sounds like pagan, demonic, apocalyptic, crazy shit. But then, of course, if you're looking for something a little more subtle, <laughs> then it's not good. No. So it's very, I think it's very good for what it is. And for being one of the first, it's actually amazing. I would actually say it's amazing. Yeah, these like 15 year olds like yeah. invented For them sound. to be that young and for this sound to not really be out there, it, then it is amazing. And there are technical flourishes that almost sound proggish when the wall of sound gives up for a second or two yeah and i can be like oh okay but then it's just a wall of sound that is a very sturdy wall it's a sturdier wall than a lot of others wall of sound. almost as sturdy as that wall trump's yeah exactly. build, am i right my man trump listen to this now, song this might still be one of the most brutal things yeah, i've insane. ever heard in my life yeah. just everything about it is just so fucking <laughs> yeah. brutal yeah i just I almost kind of wish I hadn't read the lyrics to this song <laughs> because the endless I hate my dad yeah, sentiment sound, yeah. kind of really just detracts from the what brutality I, yeah. of the song. It sounds total apocalyptic. I wish I just left it unknown yeah. because now that I know he's just singing about like, my dad didn't love me. Yeah. It's like, God, this yeah, just... Yeah, it makes it, gives it a... Why uh, did I have uh, to learn that? Oddly, yeah, emo 
kind of tinge. But the the abrupt breakdowns and changing of the vocals, yep. I feel like really keeps you on your toes. Like yeah. it, I almost liken it to like when you're on a roller coaster and you think you're going to suddenly go left, but it takes a sharp right. Yep. Like it just like you're constantly getting like this the switching between like the low growls and the high shrieks yeah. and just the, the tempo changes. Yeah. Yeah. You can't relax when you listen it's, to this song. Yeah, and it's isn't it's like four minutes long. It's much longer than like a it's, pig destroyer. It's pretty long. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it earns the length actually too, yeah. which is rare. Because pig destroyer songs, as far as I know, are like thirty to ninety seconds long. They're yeah, and that's as long as they need to be. Yeah, they but, don't. But this actually, yeah, there's tempo changes and like kind of stutters, and it's impressive. Yeah, unlike the Castfly song. They change up the sound enough to earn yeah. having a song of yeah. a longer length. I yeah, feel. and it's coherent. You can I could never say I don't know what kind of sound they're going. For. No, but Not in the drum, the drum though, I gotta say it's kind of almost hilariously tinky drum. Like it's always I don't know why they can't make it more. Is that on purpose? It happens. It has to be on purpose. I don't. It's just it's the double bass. Like you listen to the most brutal black metal song, and you hear that and it's just tinky. It's hilarious. I was like, "What?" But it not not that it didn't drag the song down, but it was kind of funny. It was yeah. funny if I just listened hard. But it, it is, it is total doom gloom. This is like the sound of the apocalypse if you're on LSD. But unlike that, <laughs> mu- <laughs> unlike that mutilated song. First of all, you can't understand most of the lyrics, but a couple words pop out, which I feel. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's true. Like, you the... definitely hear him sing that, like, I will remain yep. in the yep. dear father. Yeah, the dear father. But those are, like, the only lines that come out. But, like, you can tell they're at least speaking English. Yep. Oh, yeah. I don't know. This, like, I don't think I could, like, grimace enough to accurately convey the emotion the song makes me feel. It's just so, like, Yeah, yeah it's like, angry I just, music. I want to break things yeah. when I listen to this song. It's yeah. the most, like, primitive, guttural yeah. violence. Yeah, it is. I just want to break shit. <laughs> it's a job for a cowboy. It's a job for a cowboy. No, it's, yeah, it's impressive. I don't think I'll listen to this genre <laughs> still. But I, I appreciate it. But it's impressive it. for what it is. It is impressive. It is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And especially knowing that they were young and pretty much on the frontiers of this kind of sound. It's very impressive. Yeah. For a 15-year-old, That's he amazing. sounds like a fucking demon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our next track. All Hell Breaks Loose by Misfits off the 1982 album Walk Among Us. Misfits are an American horror punk band that is often recognized as the progenitors, which is a term I just learned today. Nice. Of the horror punk subgenre. They gave birth to it. Yes. That's what you're saying. Blending punk rock and other musical influences with horror film themes and imagery. Mm. Founded in 1977 in Lodi, New Jersey, the original lineup consisted of singer and songwriter Glenn Danzig, bassist Jerry Only, and drummer Manny Martinez. Danzig and Only were the only consistent members throughout the next six years. Now, I could go on to tell you about how many times the band broke up, reformed, who all quit (laughs) and rejoined the band, who went on from what role in the band and what role they were in and but we would be here for hours they are like the most fucking controversial hate each other like they're worse than oasis really it is which is saying a lot because at least oasis broke up and fucking stuck to their guns yeah these guys can't decide what they're gonna do yeah 
So if 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 you care about it, go on their Wikipedia and sit down for a couple of hours and read about <laughs> how many times Glennon only fought and got yeah. back together and argued over who owns what song. Damn. Go for it. I'm not going to sit here and talk about it. <laughs> Here's what you need to know. Pretty much Danzig left the band, then he came back, then he left, and then he came back again, <laughs> and then he left again. Did he come back again? Or then no, not yet. He was gone for good. 2016, okay. they just did like two reunion shows, wow. and then he quit again. Wow. And only wants to record new Misfits music, and Danzig said that will never fucking happen. Jesus. Only has remained the only constant member of the band <laughs> throughout all these years. Yeah. Huh. Uh, he went from bassist to taking over the lead singer of the band. Uh, Glenn then took over the lead singer position for the 2016 reunion, but has since left, and I can only assume that only is now the lead singer once again. again. Yeah. Uh, also, throughout the years, members of the Ramones, Black Flag, and Slayer have also been members of the band. Yeah. So they're they're very deeply embedded in the in the punk community. Yeah. Uh, their 1982 album, this one, Walk Among Us, as well as their 1983 album, Earth AD slash Wolf's Blood, are considered to be early touchstones of the 1980s hardcore punk movement. Hmm. Their band name comes from um, actress Marilyn Monroe's final film she put out before she was killed, The Misfits, which came out Mm. in 1961. The band is also known for their iconic look. They painted skeletal patterns on their clothing, painted dark skeletal makeup under their eyes, and their most infamous contribution to the punk fashion scene, they created the devil lock, which is when you grow your hair out really long, push it all forward on your head and gel it into a single point and bring it down in front of your face. Oh, they're the ones who invented They invented the devil lock. And all members of the band wear it. And Jerry Only, who is severely balding at this point, still has grown out his back mullet and flips it over his head and gels it in front of his face. To this day. Damn. He That's is. a good comb over, though. I bet yep. you can't tell until he flips he it back. He is committed to the devil yeah. lock. <laughs> I'll post a picture of it in case... Uh, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's yeah, No one else would fucking wear their hair like this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as well as their look, they're also known for their infamous band logo, which is a face of a skeletal figure. Mm-hmm. The skeleton was inspired by a poster of the 1946 film serial, The Crimson Ghost. It was first used by the Misfits for their 1979 single, Horror Business. And the figure has since become the mascot for the band, and the skull image would serve to be their logo for the rest of their career. The band also launched a fan club named The Fiend Club, which Danzig operated in a do-it-yourself fashion from his mother's basement in Lodi, (laughs) New Jersey. Silk screening t-shirts, assembling records, mailing merchandise, catalogs, booking shows for the band, and answering fan mail. Wow. Wow. Now, this album, Walk Among Us, was the debut full-length album from the Misfits, though it was technically their third album to be recorded. Their first two albums were called Static Age and 12 Hits from Hell. Static Age was recorded in 1978, but was not released until 1997. And 12 Hits from Hell was recorded in 1980, but actually never got an official release. Uh, A record company called Caroline Records attempted to release it, but it was shut down by Danzig and only saying they weren't satisfied with the album art and the linear notes. But enough promotional copies made out to critics where there's 
obscure versions of the wow. album floating they out there on the internet. They didn't even the music. They just didn't like how it yeah. looked. Yeah, it wow. was the physical. They're very particular wow, about the aesthetic very, of their album geez. releases. But if you know where to look yeah, on the you internet, can, you, you can, can get a hold it, of it. Yeah. yeah. But it's technically never wow. been released. Wow. Um, so Walk Among Us, the album art combines the rat bat spider from the 1959 film The Angry Red Planet and flying saucers from the 1956 album Earth vs. the Flying Saucers as well as an image of the band. So if you take those two references plus their skull logo plus their band name, you can see they're very dedicated to old sci-fi horror movies. Yeah, yeah. Which most of their lyrics come from. And that has become to, like, typify the genre. Well, kind of? Yeah. And yeah, they definitely well. probably gave birth to, like, fucking psycho Billy music I, yeah, as well. Yeah, Which we've reviewed once before. Yeah, the here. Necromantics. Yeah, the Necromantics. Necromantics. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... A reviewer on the website AllMusic had this to say about the album. Quote, The Misfits' 1982 debut full-length Walk Among Us rapidly became a legendary effort of the U.S. punk, and more so because it so willfully violated many rules which were already ironically straightjacketing the scene. <laughs> Utterly devoid of political confrontation or social uplift, embracing a costume sense that might have given Kiss pause, and generally coming across like the horror movie nightmares they looked like on the cover, the Misfits just wanted to entertain and do their own thing, and that they did brilliantly. Nearly every song on the album, 12 in total, delivered in a light speed 25 minutes, is a twisted classic with the band's trademark 1950s and 1960s melodies running through a punk metal meat grinder on full display. <laughs> so, sadly, this yeah. probably means that the Misfits gave birth to Psychobilly, mixing 1950s and 60s melodies Definitely. with... Yeah horror punk metal shit yeah why <laughs> why <laughs> so this track all breaks loose i really have no fucking clue what the song is about it literally sounds like he just tried to pick a bunch of spooky yeah, horror spooky themes and throw it into though, a yeah. song yeah. yeah what did you think of this track uh i mean i have a friend back home preston who like wit just loves the misfits like for halloween skull on you know and, and so i've heard i think every misfits song probably not every misfits song but i've heard the misfits so much and so I, I i have a soft spot for them i like them at the same time there's i never ha have a, a lot to say about them and this song is 90 seconds long basically if even right so i have a lot to say i can understand and it's like barely a minute long. yeah it's barely a minute i can see why like rockabilly, doo-woppy. Those are like the two kind of genres, right? That they kind, that kind of have, they kind of stitch to punk along the and horror punk. imagery, yeah. right? To make horror punk, and that kind of swing, that swing, that rhythmic swing with the heavy distortion. That I, I'll admit, that's pretty cool. It's musical a very innovative. It's a cool musical innovation, and I can see why a lot of people, mostly for worse, maybe a few for better, picked it up. And the other thing I'll give it is I I do really like Danzig's voice because it's not quite the alt rock wail that we come to hear. Yeah. And but it's not the heavy metal distortion where like 
Maybe they can sing, but I have no idea. You can actually hear him shift between notes. Like when he sings loose, you can hear him sweat like, wow, he can sing, hey. And so those two things combined, I like. At the same time, it is very unfortunate that punk got rid of its political roots just to entertain. Because that's the most anti-punk thing ever. Yeah. And then Psycho Bill, and then it culminates with something like Psycho, or the Necromantics, where it's like, hey, everyone's here for a good spooky <laughs> time, punk rock. Yeah. I wrote down like the exact same thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, I uh, did. So it's, you, I mean, you appreciate the no, Misfits, I, right? I, but, I okay. enjoy the Misfits, yeah. but I'm not saying like <laughs> they owe anything to anyone. But it just feels like a shame. Like other bands at this time were reacting and singing about the world around them, yeah. and their songs are just literally about nothing. It's yeah. just empty calories. It's like a, yeah. it's like a, it's not even a well-crafted horror story. It's just a bunch of spooky words yep. thrown together. Yeah, they don't, they're not even like singing a narrative. Yeah, and it's not like things were good. This is like Nick or Reagan. I mean, come on. There's a lot to hate. Dude, there's a lot. There's to a hate. lot to hate in the early 80s. It's very shallow. Yeah, there's a. Yeah, but it's, I mean, I like his voice. I like the innovation of having that kind of rockabilly swing, more rhythm. But at the same time, the fucking Clash, you can't tell me they didn't pretty much experiment with every rhythm possible. And that guy's, you know, what's his name? Joe Strummer. Joe Strummer. That dude could sing, too. So, of course, I'm kind of a Clash. Increasingly, I'm a Clash head. So I'm biased. I'm a little bit biased. And the more I listen to like other traditions of punk, U.S. They can't, come on, what's going on? What with are we US? doing? What's going on with U.S. punk? What I love Blink One Eight Two. I know you do even more than me, but like, if you grew up listening to Blink One Eight Two, that's like part of your childhood. But no, you got the Clash and Sex Pistols. Well, like Clash and Sex Pistols. But at the same time, what what do they have? Well, now? we had the Ramones though. Yeah, we had the Ramones. And but, some would argue like. The Velvet Underground. True. Vel- yeah, true. Which, Which like, I know maybe... is starting to move away from punk, but still highly inspired by. Yeah. Or oh, maybe, did they, maybe they were, did they help, like, invent punk to, uh, some of the I really mean, early stuff. I, I would. I have no idea. I don't know what invented I, punk. I'm definitely not one to be speaking of this, but. What's considered to be, like, an early punk band? So, you know, a lot of people argue about the origins of punk. You got Sex Pistols and Ramones. And then some would say like Velvet Underground. I would say yeah. those are like the three, the, yeah. the big three. Those, okay, that makes sense. That kind of started everything. And everyone, that's where everyone argues about what punk did is punk start to be, in England yeah. or US? Because it's the Ramones or is it the Sex Pistols? Because yeah. they're both doing the shit at the, around the same time. Around the same, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah and what's punk? People, I admire people into punk because they're all always like, what is punk supposed to mean? But I will say like, <laughs> England, I feel, again, I am not the person to be speaking about punk music. Uh, England, I feel like their music was singing about the government and yeah. the monarchy and yeah. anarchy. Whereas, like, Ramon's songs were much more just about, like, fuck you, you know? Yeah, they were. Like, just it <laughs> wasn't as political as just aggression yeah, towards it was a, yeah. authority. Yeah, it, was it was more just, general. Yep. So, yeah. if... You ask me, like, what punk ethos is. I feel like England had it more in the bag because you're reacting towards your direct oppression. in particular, yeah. yeah. Rather than just, fuck you in general, <laughs> it's fuck the government. Yeah, you know? Yeah. I, th- yep. I feel like they were 
one of the first ones to say that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So. That makes sense. And, and yeah, the misfits. But I feel like it's strangely American for us to take <laughs> this very, very aggressive pl- yeah. anti-establishment thing and turn it into something of pure unadulterated entertainment. We're going to have a spooky fucking time. <laughs> capitalized the That's shit America. out of punk music. Yeah. That's Way to me. go, Glenn Denzig, yeah. you capitalist motherfucker. <laughs> but, I mean, the ni- the nicest way I could spin that would be, like, the U.S. has a humongous music market That's where true. someone like Danzig can Everyone exist. looks at us. Yeah. Yeah, we have a huge... I mean, because in England, it's not... The market's so much smaller, and your odds of making in U.S. aren't that... Great bands come out of England, Yeah, but America's where the money's at. Yeah, we just have... So, we have a huge industry of music... That just leeches off of all every all the all the oppressed people that are forced to actually make good music, then we just you know capitalize on yeah. it. <laughs> no, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't say that it's a goddamn shame that this song had to follow Knee Deep on this playlist. Yeah, because yeah. going from Knee Deep into this is yeah, just make- like. All intensity and ferocity and darkness yeah, exactly. that was injected in this song is just minus lost. Fifty percent. It's yeah. lost. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. song sounds so wimpy. Yeah, it does. And it's not their fault. Like you know, there's, for its time, it was there's the thirty heavy. years difference between yeah. the release of the two. Yeah. So if I'm trying to be objective and ignore it, I think this is a great punk song. It's yeah. loud. It's fast. It's yeah. in your face. I will always respect the Misfits' ability to make a sinister-sounding track while still being very catchy. Yeah, yeah, it's catchy. Time. It is catchy. And I, I also respect the fact that Glenn doesn't have to scream to be ferocious. Same, yeah. Not I, that punk yeah. music necessarily screams, but you know, like you go to like Johnny Rotten, Sid Vicious, and they're like very like. Rah! Yeah, Where exactly. Glenn is just kind of like. Ah, bah, bah, yeah. Bah. yeah. Like, it, it's. There, yeah. There's an edge to it, but he's just kind it's of kinda belting the, it. Yeah, and it's theatric in yeah. a way too. Yeah, I like his. I actually really do like his voice for the genre. I I, I dug it. And I do kind of like at the end of the track. There's like this weird like gasping for air, like someone going like. <gasps> yeah, <gasps> yeah. Now I mean, I always have a soft spot for the Misfits. You can always throw them on in most crowds, and people will be like, "Yeah, that's kind of cool." Yeah, I like the Misfits. Yeah, I like them. And I know like. Every band that I really like was influenced by the Misfits. Yeah. So yeah. I can't deny their cultural importance. Like yeah. Henry Rollins, one of my heroes, has two Misfits tattoos on his body. So nice. that just shows you how important they are. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. And as much as like I don't know. I guess to a point I have to respect for them to like be like, let's not make political music. Let's yeah. just make music. Have a good time. There's nothing more American than that. Amen. Let's brother. just have a good time. Amen. Y'all. All right. Let's move <laughs> on to our next track. Admit it by Say Anything. Man, this is polemical. Woo, this song. Sorry. There's three ex- exclamation marks. Admit it. Oh, yeah. Okay. By Say Anything. Off the 2004 album. Say Anything. By Jerry Seinfeld. By Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Off the 2004 <laughs> album Admit is a real boy. Say Anything is an American pop-punk indie alt-rock band from Los Angeles, California. The band was formed in 2000 by Max Bemis, who has been the only constant member of the band to date. After the release of their first album, 
Well, actually, sorry, after the release of their second album, Is a Real Boy, Bemis's health problems, including bipolar disorder and drug addiction, sidelined their forthcoming tour. And over the course of the next five years, every member of the band quit besides him. Damn. Uh, at one point, Damn. the band had talked about making a mockumentary, <laughs> which eventually led Max Bemis to believing that he was being secretively filmed. Oh, and the situation culminated in him walking the streets of Brooklyn thinking he was being secretly filmed while encountering friends who were actually just strangers on the street. And then, like, in October of 2005, he had a breakdown, which included harassing children, spitting food at outdoor cafes, him going to the cafe, ordering a board of soup, and over the course of a half hour, slowly scooping the soup up and pouring each spoonful out onto the floor. <laughs> Engaging in a street fight and then eventually being admitted to a mental hospital by an off-duty policeman. Damn. So he's got some shit going on. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. After his his successful rehabilitation, they re-released this album and then Say Anything has been going strong since okay. then with new band That's members. Good. So he got into a much better place. That's good. Wow. Uh, their name comes from, of course, the 1989 American romantic comedy drama, <laughs> Say Anything. By J Sir John Cusick. Well, starring Sir John no, Cusick. No, no, he wrote it, too. No, wrote, fucking written, Cameron. directed, Cameron Crowe. No. Cameron Crowe, bro. No. Crowe, bro. Written, produced, directed, conceived, created. Yeah. And actually, every actor and actress in the movie was John Cusack. Was Sir John Cusick. <laughs> Sir John Cusick. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So, Say Anything is known for their sardonic... Wait, that was Cameron Crowe? No, it was John Cusack. Okay. Yes, Just it was Cameron Crowe. That was like his really? first movie. That was his movie? I yeah. actually didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so Anyway, back to the music. <laughs> what we're all here for. Yeah, so. Say Anything is known for their sardonic literary sense of humor balanced out with a sense of intense catharsis that incorporates indie rock, emo, mm -hmm. post-punk, hardcore, and bombastic arena rock music. Sounds right. Is a Real Boy is the second full-length release by Say Anything. With tremendous self-created pressure, Max Bemis pushed the sonic boundaries of the band and attempted to incorporate elements of math rock, indie pop, and theatrical pomp into this album. Ambitious as fuck. The Damn. album was originally intended to be a rock opera, complete with a full narrative, cast of characters, and spoken word interludes between each song. And wow. it was going to be called Zona Zona. Oh my god. However, Bemis became overwhelmed with the entire process. Yeah, it sounds like a Brian Wilson and scenario. scrapped the whole thing. Wait, so while he was conceiving this... That's when he had his whole breakdown. Yeah, yeah, too. wow. Yeah, sounds like a Brian Wilson thing. He, yeah, man. he definitely Dang. like tried to take on way too much, and then I'm he gonna fucking do cracked. <laughs> wow. So this track, admit it, is a half satirical, half painfully literal song that addresses hipsters, pretty much. Yep. And I didn't notice. Oh man, I did <laughs> I not didn't notice. even notice. It wasn't a little too. Like, you're gonna on have the nose to. Yeah, you're you? gonna have to dig out, dig through the metaphor, and okay. explain that to me. Um, and if you ask me, a Say Anything fan, I would say this would probably be a quintessential Say Anything song. If you wanted me to show, like, what is this band all about in one song, Boom. I would play this track yeah. for you. This is them in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think of this track? The, I mean, this song laid the hammer down. You know what I'm saying? You can't be ambivalent about a song like this. <laughs> It's drawing a line in the it's sand, to say the least. A line in the sand. And I got to be honest, 
there is something it 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 uh it reveals the inherent paradox of uh, uh, uh hipsterdom. For the it, listeners, it, Dominic <laughs> took his glasses off to say the inherent paradox. Is it? <laughs> it's very difficult to for him. I I feel like um where where did I write this down? I I said ironically he borders on the same unsubstantiated judginess that he is decrying throughout the whole that thing. That he's critiquing. And, yeah. it, and it did rub me the wrong way a little bit. It, to the point where I had a hard time even... I could not even tell you what the music sounded like, but I'm sure it was good. <laughs> but the it's just so... The song, it's not, it's, it's not showing you. It's telling you what it thinks. And it's like, you motherfucker, phony, bitch-asshole, son of a... Blah, 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 blah. But he takes himself to task, too, in this A song. little bit. A little bit. You're true. He does a little bit. I didn't hate it. But I just, uh, I'm either the person he's describing and or I do. A slight confession here. I have, like, oppositional defiance disorder. Undiagnosed, but for sure I have it. I can, yeah. Meaning I just don't, I, this is a kind of song I Anyone don't Anyone who like. tells you how things are, your immediate reaction would be like, fuck you. Yeah, I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. There aren't people fucking snobs, you fucker. You're the snob. So I have no reason to dislike the song, but it annoyed me. <laughs> I can respect that. But I bet if I were young, if I had heard it before I was an asshole, I would have liked it. <laughs> Back in the good old days. Back in the good old days. Before I was just an old asshole, I would have yeah. liked it. Yeah, I mean <laughs> So I was so cur- I was curious as to how you felt about this since I I can only assume this is like the first time you consciously listened to this song. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, First time I've ever heard yeah. this so, song. So, like, this no. song came into my life <laughs> a very... What's the word I'm looking for? I was very open to, like, influ- I was an influential stage in my life. Like, yeah. this is a song that highly affected late high school, early college Jared. Nice. Nice. Um, I definitely thought that Max was singing this song about me. <laughs> and uh, the pretension in me mixed with the Catholic guilt and self-deprecation in me yeah. convinced me that he literally was calling me out. Nah. Everything he described about these hipsters <laughs> is like, oh shit, Chasing this is fads, me. Yeah, I'm yeah. the one that he is singing the song about <laughs> and I'm the fucking worst. <laughs> so like this song like hit me. Like I... I yeah. I had like an existential crisis my freshman year of college after wow. listening to this song. You I should realized... just learn how to deny reality like me. It makes things much easier. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I, I'm curious, like me now, if this had been the first time I listened to it, I think yeah. I'd be in a similar boat as to you. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> but, I'm too old to change. Yeah. I'm too old to but be like, called like, out. But like back like, hey, when I was like... Oh, yeah taking my first intro to philosophy class i'm like oh my god i'm full of bullshit <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, no i i could i could see that if i had heard this too when i was younger i would have it probably would have hit me but now i'm i'm much more jaded much yeah. more jaded yeah. especially because if let me put it this way if i had heard this song when i was younger than the person singing it it would have hit me. Yeah, and that's now where that, I was at. But now that I'm older than he probably was when, when he was singing, singing it, I'm like, yeah. go fuck yourself, yeah. you fucker. You're thinking the same <laughs> shit all of us have already yeah, thought. Yeah, I was like, you know, I He's was not like, saying anything. I was yet. like, you're the. I was like, you're them, man. 
You're fucking them. <laughs> you're the one you're singing You're about. you, 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 son of a... But you. I think he was trying to get at that during that little True. section where he's like singing about like his I don't hair. Know why, yeah, and I don't know why that, that verse just felt like a misfire to me, but I was already cur- curmudgeoned out. See, like, I don't... Because he was like, my sex is directly correlated. My success is directly related to how much sex I'll have. And I was like, okay, you're trying to be self-deprecating, but you're still kind of a... See, I took that as... While still being a little braggadocious, yeah, he was kind of. I took it as, as well as me being this. I'm also admitting that I'm all the things I was just critiquing. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But maybe I'm being too generous. I don't maybe know, you're being just, too critical. I don't know. Maybe I, uh, you're too generous and I'm I don't too know. critical. Because I think somewhere in between. I think <laughs> for as ridiculous yeah. as some of the things he was saying, I still think. He was kind of witty and funny about it. That's one yeah. thing I've always respect yeah. about Say Anything is they're funny. Like, yeah. for as sarcastic and pessimistic as they are, yeah, yeah. they always deliver it in an entertaining way, at least. Yeah. And he at least he went there to self-attempt yeah. at self-parody. It and just, yeah. I know you were distracted by your opposition to the message, but it was good pop. The punk bed music, music yeah. was a very catching, mature pop punk sound. Yeah, it was good. I wrote very that. well crafted. I did write punk. that. I was like very good pop punk yeah. in the background, but I was so distracted yeah. by it. But again, gripe corner. Going back to Catasfly, did this song really earn to be six yeah, was, minutes yeah, long? Yeah, yeah, same. I think this song could have easily ended at the four minute thirty mark. Yeah. There's that whole part of the end where he keeps singing, "I'll rest when I'm dead." Yeah. It's like not only is that needed, but it doesn't fit thematically with no. the rest of the song. It does. I'll admit, it sounds nice. It sounds nice, but it has nothing to do with but the rest of the song. But it has nothing to do with the I'll song. I'll rest when I'm dead. It has what nothing. What the fuck does that have to do with the song? It has nothing to do with the song. Yeah. So. I don't know. I dig this song, but at I the same time, yeah. I can totally sympathize that people probably find the song obnoxious as hell. Yeah. Like, uh, who the fuck does this guy think he is? It seems, you know? I'm at least relieved to hear that you heard the song and it made you like. Because when I first heard it, I was like, I wrote down, like, it, it summons a smugness equivalent to the type he's trying to get rid of. Like, the person who would hear it would be like, yeah, screw those guys. Yeah. I'm me. Yeah. But no, so I'm a little bit No, I made, it made me felt ashamed. Yeah, so it made you feel, so I'm glad it made you feel like shit. Yeah. It made, actually, <laughs> no, but I, at least yeah. it didn't, because at least it didn't just make you go like, yeah, screw those guys. No, it I'm made me cool. like reconsider my okay. values. Okay, then, 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 then I'll give the song some credit. Yeah. And, I do like there's a little bit of sincerity I think like this song is so calculated the one sincere part is kind of like the music even kind of takes more of an optimistic sound to it when you sing like I'm proud of my life and the person I become proud of myself and the loner I've become yeah that felt kind of yeah like yeah freeing in a way yeah. where he's like I think that's kind of him saying like I used to be this and I've broken past it, and I just wanted it's just me and my guitar and my car, and I'm just content yeah. doing this. Yeah. So he's like, you know, there's life after your obnoxious conversations and your hipster dominance. Yeah. So yeah. I did like the no, little bit of humanity and sincerity that they tried to put in there. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I can agree with that. Uh, any other thoughts? 
It's just, you know, Frank Zappa. Come on. Frank, you know, Frank Zappa, that guy Who's was. Frank Zappa? That motherfucker was a hundredfold as smug. You know what I'm saying? No one not smug would have a mustache. But like he's that. the king of smug. He's the king of smug. That's why I'm. But I'm, he was unapologetically smug. True, but I, that's why I'm smug against those who attempt Which to be is like, smug. This time. guy <laughs> is so insecure. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's apologetic. That he has to <laughs> like he's like Ben Folds level like. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah but whereas Zappa's like, Zappa's like fuck y'all. Yeah, fuck y'all. I'm me. the greatest. Yeah, yeah, Listen yeah. to this shit I recorded. Yeah. And by yeah. shit, I mean it sounds like shit. Like, it's Sometimes. so funny. Zappa was so smug that he would literally... He never played a genre sincerely. Every genre he plays, he's parody. It's a big joke. <laughs> so it would have been funny to hear him, like, almost parody the pop-punk genre. But That's interesting, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, but, you know, at the same time, Zappa is a dead end, too. Because he he's, he's dead? Because he's fucking dead. <laughs> so he didn't last, or he didn't live forever. But he's kind of a dead end. You can't just be smug about everything. It's a long dead end, though, because he has a shit ton of music. Yeah, he's he got a lot of music. Too. I love Zappa. But yeah, but it's good. I mean, it's good, but you got to be... I'm too old for it. I'm You're turning on my man. dad. I'm turning on my dad. Do I go, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change. I'm going to vote for Trump. Yeah, I'm going to vote for Donald <laughs> J. Trump. <laughs> Is this middle name really Jay? It is. Okay. It is. It it's, is. It's like too, because like there's the Damn, the Jay. Simpsons have ruined me because it's Homer J Simpson and Bartholomew J Jay, Simpson. Yeah, yeah. I never take it seriously if someone's middle name is actually it's Jay because it just sounds like a joke to me. It's Jay. Oh, he lost his pencil. I found it. Oh, we found it. All right, let's move on to our last track, "Poison Oak" by Bright Eyes. By the Bright Eyes. Off the 2005 album, "I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning." Bright Eyes was an American indie rock band from Omaha, Nebraska, founded by singer-songwriter and guitarist Connor Oberst, who has appeared on this podcast before, but it was one of his solo efforts. Um, It consisted of Oberst, multi-instrumentalist and producer Mike Mogus, and piano player Nate Warlkult, as well as a rotating lineup of collaborators drawn primarily from the Omaha indie music scene. Bright Eyes formed after the disbanding of Oberst's emo band called Commander Venus. The new project saw Oberst beginning to experiment with drum machines, keyboards, and other instrumentation, as well as uh, bleeding vocals, acoustic guitar, and techno-styled synthesizers, so he was trying to get eclectic as fuck with this. so this album, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning, was actually released in conjunction with another album. He released two albums on the same day, January 25th, 2004. Uh, one being I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning, and the other one being Digital Ash in a Digital Urn. And they huh. were two drastically differently sounding albums. Yeah, I never I'm, even listened to the digital one. This one I've heard a million uh, this times. This album was definitely more successful. Yeah. I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning is much more of an acoustic folk centric yeah. album whereas digital ash and a digital urn was very electronic and synthesis um synthetic sounding okay and it's, it's pretty interesting he actually um went on a, a two-part world tour and promotion of the albums the first half of the album was all acoustic folk sounding songs and the second half was all electronic sounding songs. Wow. So depending on where you're in the world, you got a very different wow. concert than someone else. Huh. The uh, both records made it into the top 20 of the Billboard 
uh, 200 album charts, with Wide Awake peaking at number 10 on the Billboard 200 chart and number 2 on the Billboard Independent album chart. So this track, Poison Oak, it's a love song dedicated to a very close friend or family member of Connor Oberst, who is now deceased. Um, it's never been confirmed, but it's speculated that it's about Oberst's cousin who committed suicide. But we don't know that for sure. Tell us, Connor. He's ever elusive. So elusive. He's a very elusive motherfucker. Uh, what did you think of this track? I mean, I like Bright Eyes. Oh, I mean, I mean, some people are hardcore Bright Eyes fans, so I can't pretend. But this album, I know a lot, and I've heard this song not a ton of times, but a lot. And and I like the song a lot. It's I I admire his. He's very good at creating imagery. He should. I mean, sometimes he'll be very expository where he'll just tell you, but also he is very good at showing. Like he'll transition from, you know, talking through a tin can to then looking at a photograph. And like those images are very well designed lyrically to evoke these kind of bittersweet nostalgic memories. He's a very good lyricist. He's a very good lyricist. I have no right to draw this connection. But I almost want to say like Bob Dylan yes oh in yeah some ways. yeah yeah of actually thinking of like yeah how to show and not tell yeah yeah oh yeah definitely no that's one because re- I love Bob Dylan so I've always really liked bright eyes and I do also like how at least in this album I don't know if he does it a lot because this album I know more than others he has a kind of country twang that oh, helps yeah, create a bigger song. landscape yeah. of sound. That he, I know he does in a couple other songs too that I like. I like the mix of it because it to me it gets it, the country tinge both makes his voice a little bit more palatable because sometimes it can be a little shaky. Yeah. And and somehow it jives very well with bittersweet. There's something about not the new country that's shitty, but old country that was always bittersweet. No. And he hits that too. His lyrics always rely heavily upon like nostalgia. Yep. And there's something about the twangy country guitar that just like screams for like yeah. remembered good times. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This is another song. Like if high school Jared identified with the last track we just <laughs> talked about, super pretentious, depressed Jared. <laughs> found so much meaning in this song at one point in time. Yeah. Way more than it was probably actually put in there. Like, this song, uh, to me, it's, it's just so fucking sad. Yeah. And devastating. And yeah. his voice is probably, on this track, is one of the saddest things yeah. I've ever heard in my life. And I don't know what's sadder. Is it the quiet kind of cracking, like voice crackling part? Or is it like the exploding vibrato-y voice at yeah. the end? I don't know yeah, which even, one is. Yeah, shaky kind of, it's yeah. so emotional. Yeah, I'm a single cell on a, a serpent's, serpent's tongue. tongue. I'm like, damn. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. God, the uh, the fucking line, especially knowing that the song is about a family member who or yeah. a friend who killed themselves. That line, and I'm glad you got away, but I'm still stuck out here. My clothes are soaking wet from your brother's tears. Yeah, from like, your brother. Yeah, damn. Fuck. That's emotional music, right? I'm there. glad you got away, but I'm still stuck <laughs> out here. Like, God damn. And then the song ends with, like, I'm drunk as hell on the piano bench. And yeah. when I press the keys, all gets reversed. The, the song loneliness of loneliness makes, makes me, me happier. happier. It's just like, that is you some motherfucker. Few people can pull off the amount of emotional heft 
that bright eyes and pulls I know, off, but he pulls it off. He I know some people off. probably get turned away by how like on the nose by like depressed yeah. he is, but it's just like it resonated with me. Yeah, a very important part of my life, yeah. I guess. And it's still, I mean, it's to me, it still stands the test of time. It sounds genuine. It doesn't sound like like he's he's overdoing it or he's no. doing it just for effect. It sounds genuine. It really does. Genuinely genuine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not in bad. in a very good lyricist, really a good yeah, lyricist. His use this of whole album imagery. is great. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's just he just paints such a quaint little picture. Like he really yeah. kind of tells. Like I felt like I experienced this like childhood friendship he experienced. Yeah, like, talking on tin cans. Yeah, dressing in women's clothes and Polaroids. Yeah. And there's just something with like how sentimental and soft his voice is that just adds to the nostalgic value of yeah. him, like remembering this relationship of this person he grew up with. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's so it is so well crafted. It it seems like anyone's memory. Like you could you can wear the memory yourself. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah, yeah the twain of that country guitar just used to great effect. Like, yeah explodes that feeling yeah wow great he's a show. feeler he's a feeler man. he feels some feelings he's that feeler. that, that connie oberst yeah that like, old connie he's felt a couple feelings yeah. in his day. yeah i don't know you do you have any other thoughts or? no it's a great song in the great i feel album. like i didn't talk yeah, about it real. enough but the, yeah the album's yeah. great the song's great he's great Listen he's really song. great i love you got it <laughs> I <laughs> love you, Connor Obert. All right, so you got a favorite track of the five? Probably uh, Snowflakes. Really? No. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I, I was going to be upset. I was just. <laughs> no, it's got to be Poison Oak. But I mean, I'm biased because I've listened to it so many times. What, Poison Oak? No, Poison I, Oak. I would definitely have to go with yeah. Poison Oak. It's like, a very, it's a perfect if you song. Ca- if you caught me in a particular mood, yeah. it might be knee deep, but no. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's Poison Oak. Yeah. It's definitely Poison Oak. That's a brilliant song. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic songwriting. Fantastic. All right. Well, Damn, uh, that's the shuffle. That'll wrap this shit up. Shuffle guarantee. Uh, <laughs> shuffle. Dude. That's my favorite line from Knee Deep. <laughs> yeah. When you sing Shuffle Guarantee, bitches, <laughs> raw. It's my favorite part. Shuffle Guarantee. <laughs> uh, so if you'd like to connect with us, if you'd like to submit us songs to talk about or genres to talk about, like we just did that post-rock episode. Or a quip. Or send us some qui- uh, some yeah. qu- quap quips. Some quippy quips. Some quip quaps. You can hook up with us on Facebook at hey, facebook.com slash shuffle. You can, you can I'm hook married. You can hook, you up, can with hook up with me. He's a pervert. He'll do it. And you can do voyeuristic <laughs> things with Dominic. <laughs> yeah. You can watch him from a distance. Yeah. Jared will show you a few photos yeah. I've allowed Racy him to show. Photos. And, uh, and your mind's And go you can wild. see those photos <laughs> on facebook.com slash shuffle. Yeah. Now we're going to get some hits, yeah. baby. On Twitter, yeah. at Shuffle Podcast. On yeah. Tumblr, at Shuffle Podcast. Grinder, Tinder. Well, so you got Sh- my photos. Shufflepodcast.tumblr.com. <laughs> uh, Dominic Manthe at SkinNudes.com. <laughs> skin, skin Nudes. Like Shufflecastpod at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. And if you want to check out any of those articles or links 
or little extra bits that I referenced, you can check out our website at www.jrdsctt.com shuffle. If you'd like to help support us and if you like to shop on Amazon, you can click on the Amazon link on our website and you can just shop as normal on Amazon and anything you buy gives us a little kickback. It's a win, 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 lose, win situation <laughs> for everyone. We won't tell you who loses. Well, it's America because <laughs> yeah. capitalism is succeeding and it's horrible. America. Capitalism. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, other than that, um, I always say other than that. I've noticed when I've been, like, listening to me or editing this, I say other than that a lot. Other than that? I don't like saying that. So it's just saying fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that, now this. (laughs) Right. Uh, So here are your tracks for episode 25, whenever that will come out. First track, Slow Dancing in a Burning Room by John Mayer. What? <laughs> a little Jared, you little softy. Damn. Second track. <laughs> oh. Death Your and body Destruction. Is yeah, it's that <laughs> track John actually. <laughs> all five John Mayer. All the, it's all John Mayer all the time. This is good. I haven't listened to John Mayer in a while. Sorry, what was song number two? Death and Destruction by Weezer. Whoa, nice. Third song, Touching the Enemy by Tubbering. Fourth track, The Things You Can't Unlearn. By 65 Days of Static. And the fifth and last song is The End is the Beginning is the End by the Smashing Pumpkins. Hey, I thought it was going to be ICP for a second. If only. I'll take the other clown, Billy Porter. <laughs> oh, oh, my, oh. my favorite clown. Yeah. So I'm not going to say other than that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, other than that. Other um, than that. Have no, a I'm going to start saying it now. Yeah, have a good week. And Dominic, say something offensive. Uh, That's not Dave Matthews or you're saying Seacrest out or Trump related. <laughs> I got nothing then. Jared voted for Trump, but he won't tell anyone. That's kind of offensive, I guess. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody.